Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm David Ekstrom. On today's episode, Successful Farming Associate Digital Director Natalina Sense-Bausch talks with Alicia Schwartner, who farms with her husband in West Central Texas. Alicia has a passion for urging young farmers to tell their stories, but she has many roles, including being a product manager and certified crop advisor. Young farmers are the future of agriculture, but many face obstacles as they work to begin their operation. Farmers for the Future is a series dedicated to helping young farmers overcome challenges and offer solutions to become profitable on their operation. Before we hear from Natalie and Alicia, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Golden Harvest. Big yields, big savings. Take advantage of the best discounts of the season at goldenharvestseeds.com. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. And now, back to the podcast. My name is Alicia Schwartner, and I uh, live in West Texas with my husband and our three boys, Lane, Caleb, and Eli. Um, Lane and Caleb are three and a half year old twins who love our farm, and Eli will be one next month. Uh, I'm originally from the Midwest, so I grew up in Indiana, um, spent some time traveling around uh, as I grew up, but uh, graduated from Purdue University with degrees in ag sales and marketing and agronomy. And I currently work full-time for, for John Deere as a product manager for the operation center. Wow. Uh, you've got a lot going on. Um, you also are involved in your community and involved in Farm Bureau at a national level. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So tell me a little bit more about those experiences and uh, the things you juggle in those roles. Yeah. So I, uh, my husband and I first got involved in Farm Bureau together. Uh, we attended a statewide in our event, which is called the Fall Tour. It's still one of our favorite events that Texas Farm Bureau puts on or the Texas Young Farmers and Ranchers host. Um, my first experience with Farm Bureau was actually at a collegiate level. So at Purdue, there was a collegiate Farm Bureau program that was new um, throughout my college career. And I got involved my senior year in my first um, I guess, event that I attended with Collegiate Farm Bureau was at the Indiana State Farm Bureau Convention. And that was, I guess, how I learned about the organization and learned what the organization does. And I've always had an interest in policy um, and, and law uh, to the extent that I at one point thought I wanted to go to law school. <laughs> and it, obviously, that's not the path that I took. Um, but I've always been very interested in policy and law. Um, so Farm Bureau was a, the perfect organization for me. It gave me the opportunity to um, be involved in an organization that uh, supports the agriculture industry and really promotes and encourages farmers and ranchers to speak up and share their stories. And I think that's a, a very uh, worthy cause. And so um, when we were, when my husband and I were first invited to the Young Farmer and Rancher event, we attended um, with really no no expectations, I should say, um, and really didn't know how far it would lead us. Um, and when we attended, it was I think our our favorite thing about the the YFNR event that we attended was the fact that we were surrounded by people who understood our story and kind of knew um, the hardships that that we had endured already and would endure later on in life. And we've met some of our best friends through the program, um, which has really kept us uh, coming back for more. 
Um, and then we were later asked to serve on the uh, state YFNR committee. We were nominated um, by a state director to serve on the Texas State YFNR committee. Um, and we served our two-year term there together and continued to um, host different events and plan different events and programs. And then we were nominated and asked to serve, uh, or at least to apply to serve uh, on the national wife and our committee. And that that process is an application process, and then you go through an interview as well. Um, so that was something we weren't sure if we would be able to um, or, or get accepted onto the national wife and our committee. Um, so we are currently in our second year. Uh, so we finish up our term um, as second year members at the end of February or early March. Um, and then I was elected as chair of the committee back in uh, December, or January. Wow, that's quite the journey. And uh, I can tell you've committed lots of hours, lots of time to um, Farm Bureau and its policies and priorities and, and just getting to know people there as well. I know when we talked back in February, you, go, you talked about what a big commitment it was. And um, one of the things we focused on in your print story is kind of um, how you prepared yourself and how you juggled that with all your duties as, you know, a, a full-time employee and uh, a member of the family farm and mom to your adorable boys. And one thing that really stood out was you, you told me in February that you asked to make sure you had the support of the people, you know, in your family, in your community, your employer, the word help is kind of hard for a lot of us in agriculture. So tell us a little bit about what it took to ask for help or confirm that support um, and then what doors that opened up. Yeah, for sure. So I, I did spend a lot of time in conversations um, with my husband, with my parents, with his parents, with even some close friends that we have that live nearby, uh, having the conversations and making sure that we had the support that we would need um, because I guess considering running for chair was a be, serving on the national committee is a big commitment in and of itself. And then deciding to take that one step further and serve or or run to to serve as chair of the National Young Farmer and Rancher Committee is is another level of commitment in and of itself. Um, there's more travel that's involved, more additional meetings that are involved. And I I needed to know my my priority is is my family and and prior to Farm Bureau, um, my, my job, my, my full-time job and, and our farm here is, is also a priority. Our church community is something that's very important to us. So there's, there's all these other things that are giant priorities that we are so heavily involved with and that we already have commitments with that if I've already made the commitments to somebody else that I would, I will show up, I have a really hard time, um, telling them no later on. And so it was, making sure that those people recognize that this was a commitment and making sure that those people recognize that for, for this period of time, um, I'm, I'm going to need a little bit of grace because this is something I'm passionate about. And this is something that I want to pursue. And I think it is hard to ask for help. We, we, we make all these commitments, um, and doing something that we really, really want to do, but knowing that we're probably going to have to say no to our family at times and say no to these other organizations and these other people that are so important to us, whether that's um, members of the church or members of my family, my parents, uh, friends, you know, we've had to say no to, in some instances to, to travel. And um, I've been gone a lot uh, with both my job and with Farm Bureau 
and making sure that my husband was on board, making sure that his parents were okay with stepping in and helping out when they could, and that that my parents could step in and help out when they can. Um, it, it makes you feel a little bit selfish that you're you're taking time to do something that that you really want to do um, and asking other people to help you out with with your kids and and your home life and and then even from a work perspective asking for help from from my team my teammates that I work with every day and my boss to make sure that you know that the work is still going to get done and I've got people to help me along the way um it it seems it feels selfish at times and so making sure that my my purpose and my reason for doing all of this is very clear to me. So I had to spend a lot of time reflecting on why, why, why is it that I really want to do this? Um, you know, because I, I don't think it makes sense to, to, to consider or to pursue something that is such a big commitment and is such a big investment, uh, with time and, and, um, abilities that I, I think it requires that amount of consideration. So understanding what my my purpose was before jumping into all of this was so important to me and uh the reflection of of really thinking about the the impact that farm bureau has on the agriculture industry and what they do for farmers and ranchers again i think is such a worthy cause and something that all farmers and ranchers can, should consider being a part of i think you know what you said you said it feels a little bit selfish to be asking for this sort of help. And I think a lot of us in agriculture tend to have those feelings when we ask for help. But I, I would like to flip it on its head and say, I think that's really respectful to ask in advance, you know, hey, I'm going to need some help in these areas rather than sometimes on family farms, maybe we have the tendency of just um, trudging down our trail and letting others figure out where we're going and uh, picking up the pieces. So I, I think that's a, a smart decision. And maybe some of those conversations were difficult, but uh, hopefully worth it in the end. Yeah, yeah, definitely difficult. They weren't easy. And, and I can't say that it was something that was immediate. I mean, it took a lot of time to to come to the conclusion that, okay, yes, I feel like I have the support of my husband. Yes, I feel like I have the support of the rest of my family. Um, yes, I feel like I have the support of my boss and my coworkers and, and everybody else that's going to have to help help me kind of pick up, not necessarily pick up the pieces, but pick up the slack a little bit along the way. And, um, you know, I, I'm not one to to want or to to I don't like feeling like I'm only doing things um, partially. I, I like to do things completely. And that to me was very important that if I was if I was going to have to um, step back a little bit to some extent in some of these other areas that the people that I was working with in those areas would know that this is not long-term. Um, this is a short period of time and I'm going to need your help. And to me that, that communication up front sets the tone for, for everything. You know, if, if, if people know up front that you have this going on, that understanding, uh, what the situation is and, it, it goes a long way, communication and making sure that um, the objective is clear. Yeah, I think what you're saying about communication is spot on and leads me kind of to the next point I wanted to talk about with you. Um, you emphasized that, you know, you really had to rely on your team. And, um, you know, some of the things we talked about in February was 
um, you know, letting other people shine in what they're good at and recognizing like, hey, this member of my team is really good at that. And maybe that's something I don't have to stress out about or be not so good at because I'm going to delegate that to them. Um, so talk to me a little bit about how you organize your team and how you um, communicate and empower um, your team in all the different facets of your life. Yeah, I was going to say it, it definitely requires a team in every single facet of what I'm doing. So at home, I have my team and I consider my team to be uh, my husband, obviously, first and foremost. He is a rock star and is always willing to step in and help out and uh, certainly supports me and all of my crazy ideas and, and and wanting to travel and and go and promote and engage and network. Uh, so he is obviously number one on my list of teammates. Um, and then, you know, comes my mom and, and his mother, um, both of which have always been willing to step in and help us out, particularly around the house and around the farm when we need help. Um, we are partners with uh, in, in the farming operation with his parents. And so um, they've been super helpful and super understanding and recognizing, you know, why I've decided to why I decided to run for chair of the National YFNR Committee, but but also, you know, supporting me in, in my work life, um, because even for work, I'm, I'm traveling a lot. So um, it's important to me that, that they are on board and that they are supportive teammates. Uh, then at work, I have, you know, supportive teammates that recognize that I've got, you know, we live on a farm. And so there's times where, hey, I got to I got to drop off early because I got to go pick up a part or I got to run, you know, do something for my husband in the field. And they get it because ultimately mm -hmm. I work for an agricultural company and they honestly think it's really cool because a lot of them work in, you know, an office in Iowa or don't have a farming background. And I am living and breathing, you know, the very industry that, that we are building products for, which is really cool to me. And it's really cool to them. Um, but having a supportive boss and supportive teammates, uh, coworkers at work that, you know, can step in and we just make sure that, you know, loose ends are tied up before I'm ready to head on another trip. Uh, and then communication, you know, hey guys, I'm going to be out for a few days. What do you need from me? Uh, and oh, here's here's kind of a plan of work that we can work on while I'm out. So my, my teammates at work and my boss at work, they are a priority. And then when it comes down to, you know, the committee, the, the entire committee is filled with leaders. Uh, you know, it's it's not an easy process to to serve on the committee. I, I shared previously that it's an application and it's an interview, but every single person that serves on the National Young Farmer and Rancher Committee is is top notch. They are leaders from their own states, um, and and this committee is the cream of the crop. And so I completely and wholeheartedly respect the abilities of every single person that serves on this committee. And on the committee, we we function as four subcommittees that take care of the programming and the social media aspect and um, all the other components that, that we do as a National Young Farmer and Rancher Committee. And so I rely very heavily on the work that those subcommittees do. And each one of those subcommittees has a subcommittee chair that leads in the same regard that, that I do for, for the whole committee. And um, I respect their opinions and their choices and their decisions to move forward with the work that those subcommittees do. And it's 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 not my it's not my place to to dictate what they do because I trust them as leaders and I trust them as individuals and subcommittees to to do the right thing for 
the whole committee and for the whole organization of the young farmer and rancher program. So um, putting putting trust or I guess communication would would come first and making sure that everybody understands the direction in which we're going um, and then putting trust in those that you delegate, creating uh, that that team of individuals that you trust, that trust you and that you can work with to accomplish the, the big picture. We'll be right back after this short break. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. And now back to the podcast. I hear you emphasizing, you know, communication on a team, trust on a team. Um, I, I know um, time management and boundaries can also be an important part of a team, but difficult to talk about um, or implement for yourself because there, sometimes there's nobody to hold you accountable to those things. Like your team will let you know when you drop the ball in communication or when they don't trust you. But if you're not managing your time or putting up your own boundaries, uh, that's a little bit more on you. So tell me how you've learned and, and grown in time management and boundaries. Since you've got, I'm sure, people at work emailing you, your family on your phone, you're traveling. How do you segment those out? Yeah, I I've tried to get better at time blocking and and that and using my calendar to really set those boundaries. So, um, yeah, there's I have there is a lot going on, but I've I've learned that everybody has a lot going on. So everybody's busy is all very relative. Um, my busy is different than your busy, and that's different from the next person's busy. Um, but in terms of of managing my busy, I have found that. Um, and it, it's kind of also another level of difficulty when I, you throw in the fact that I work from home, I, I work remotely. So, um, for me, it's very important that I have a, a dedicated office space and that gives me sort of the, I'm going to my office. This is my, this is my work. This is my job. When I am at my job, I spend this time doing work things, doing things related to, to my full-time job. And if I need to take some time out of that day to do something related to Farm Bureau or to the farm, it's inevitable that it's going to happen. Um, recognizing that, that that's okay, that's the beauty of, of having the, the work-life balance. And I, I think COVID or post-COVID world has really shown that we can, we can do this. We can, you, you know, we can have a nice harmony between having a family and having a full-time job and, and having other businesses um, companies have really recognized that, that, that it's okay. We can, we can be flexible with our employees and, and they will be happy and, and, and productive and we will be happy too. Um, but, but setting those boundaries and, and trying to recognize that, you know, my workday is my workday. Um, I have a separate office that I, that I do my work in. And when I am done for the day, I, I try to be done for the day. So I set my, my work calendar. These are my working hours um, and that's really hard to do because before we had kids, uh, I worked all the time. I, it was not uncommon for me to, yeah, maybe I'd go home and cook dinner, but then I'd hop on my computer later on. And that's not to say that it still doesn't happen that way that I, you know, put the kids to bed and then I hop back on my computer. But, but for me, making sure that, 
that my time after I walk away from my computer at five or five 30 is focused on my boys who have not been with me all day. Um, knowing that I need to be intentional with that time because it's very limited is important to me. So I, I try not to pick up my phone. I try not to look at the, the, you know, Microsoft teams messages that are coming through or the emails that are dinging. I turn off my notifications. I set my phone down. Um, Am I better at it some days than others? Yes, absolutely. I it, I am not perfect by any means, um, but but knowing that I have to try to be intentional about that time that I have with them is important to me because I I also know that I'm leaving on Monday and uh, this afternoon and the this evening you know when I get off work I'm going to be gone for three days next week and I won't have that time with them so um, making sure that when I am focused on one particular area of my life, whether that's my family or my work or farm bureau or the farm or church, uh, making sure that when I am focused on those things that I am doing intentional work or intentional things for those people or for that job. And again, it's not perfect by any means. And there are times that it overlaps. Um, there are times that I have to block out a day or, or an hour or two in my calendar during the day. And I have to give myself grace and recognize that that's okay. That's okay because I will get my work done. I have, I've made a commitment to my, to my boss and my teammates. Um, but giving yourself a little bit of grace at times is okay too. I think those are all great points. I'm also you know, sometimes guilty of my laptop goes out that door some nights and ends up, you know, on the couch or working in bed. But it, I think it's really, um, really smart to turn off those notifications and try to be intentional about the boundary. But once I walk out that door, I'm not at work anymore. So yeah, good points there. Um, as we wrap up, I just wanted to give you a little bit of time to tell me more about your role model. Um, I was really touched by the things that you shared about your mom and, um, you know, you're doing an amazing job and it looks like you've had a great example, um, of how to juggle it all. So tell me a little bit about her and, um, how you hope your, I think you said something along the lines of you hope your boys see in you what you've seen in her. So tell me about that. Yeah. So my mom, my mom is a rock star. She's, she's one of my best friends. And I have to say that I, I didn't recognize that growing up. And I don't, I don't know that many, many young women or, or, or children recognize that about their parents growing up. But now that I'm an adult and I am so involved and I have a career and I have kids, I recognize every single day, the sacrifices that she and my father made for us. Um, but I guess as a mom myself, I, I really look back and I reflect on, you know, my mom's path of where she started and, and how she got to where she is as a, as a business owner, a very successful business owner. And I see, and I, and I know that, you know, I'm one of five kids, um, that couldn't have been easy. And, and I know that, you know, she didn't go to, she didn't go to college right away. My, my dad did, and she worked and raised, raised us. And then later on, she decided to go to college and, you know, she also worked her way up through education. She started as a bus driver and at, at one point was a superintendent. And, and, you know, she, she saw every aspect of the education system and she was an advocate in education. So um, to me, that was what really inspired me to be an advocate for the industry that I love and that I'm passionate about because I, I watched her 
make an impact and actually change policies for the better of education. And that's inspiring to me that, that she was a wife, a mom, uh, had a, had a successful career, was a business owner, but also found time to make an impact and, and impact change in an industry that she was so passionate about. And that to me just, just paints a picture of, uh, yeah, I'm sure she didn't do that alone either. She had, she had my dad, she had, uh, you know, she, they didn't have family close by my grandparents didn't live nearby. Um, and I recognize that now too, you know, as an adult with kids who is doing all of these things, reflecting back on how did you do it, mom? I know you didn't travel as much as I'm traveling, but, but what did you do with us? And I'm sure she depended, I know she depended on, on my father at times. And, and as we got older, we were busy and she was trying to run around and and manage all of our activities on top of her activities. And so I just, I really, really respect her and, and her path and the path that she paved for herself and for the entire, you know, education industry, uh, and the changes that she made and, and her desire and passion to impact change. And I think that is what has inspired me to, um, to, to be the change or to try to promote an impact change in an industry that I'm passionate about, because ultimately she did it. She didn't do it for herself. She did it for the kids. She did it for, um, other teachers and administrators in education and the kids that she taught along the way and, and her kids and her grandchildren. And ultimately that's, that's my reason for doing this. I know that, that as a, you know, on a third generation farm with my husband, as you know, we have three little boys who could potentially be, you know, fourth generation farmers. I know, and, and my husband knows that we want to make sure that, that what we have can get passed on to them and that, you know, the industry as it is today is better when they have a chance to, to enter into this industry, if they choose to do so uh, in whatever capacity, if that's full-time farming, or if that's some other agricultural career, I, I feel like we have a duty to them and we have a responsibility to make sure that we are impacting uh, change in an industry that is so important to our family. Well, I love hearing about your inspiration and I know you're going to be an inspiration to a lot of our readers. I've even thought of you this week as it was back to school week this week. So I felt like I was, you know, juggling new routines, new schedule, traveling <laughs> my job. I was like, man, you know, if she can do this, she's got a lot more going on than I do. So uh, I know our readers are going to feel the same way. And thank you so much for connecting again to share more of your story and, and the tips and tricks to keep us all on track. Of course, of course. Find your team and and give yourself some grace. It's okay. <laughs> you can see what's <laughs> happening behind behind the scenes and behind the curtain. You would see that it's it's chaos over here too. <laughs> I really appreciate you sharing your perspective and a peek behind the scenes today. Yeah, I appreciate you reaching out. Thank you for letting me share. This podcast was brought to you by Golden Harvest, big yields, big savings. Take advantage of the best discounts of the season at goldenharvestseeds.com. Thank you to Natalie and Alicia for being our guests today. You can read more about Alicia Schwartner on agriculture.com. Mm-hmm.